Welcome to For What It's Worth, introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom, now in its 10th glorious season. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> so in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. Banana conda. I'm a horrible person. You leave stuff laying around? I'm a really bad person. Woo, welcome to my quest womb. Pull that record. We're done. Abort. Oh, shit. We're back. Hear it for what it's worth. How you doing, Ruth? We, I, I'm doing great. Uh, that was such a great intro. I think that we should enter that intro in every <laughs> single show. Just startle the listener. It's like, whoa. What the? What's going on? <laughs> so speaking of what's going on, Nuka, what have you been up to? Oh, God. What have I been up to? Um... Yeah, it's, uh, I, I guess as of the time of recording this, it's been, uh, it's the weekend after uh, Ferality, the VR furry convention. And even though uh, I don't have a VR headset, I, I didn't attend in person, uh, I've been in touch with the, the runners of the convention and they were kind enough to put a, a link to our survey there. So um, I'm going through the data right now from it, which is very exciting. This is going to be sort of a, a, a control group for our Anthrocon study in a few weeks. So... Uh, we've gotten almost 3,000 respondents, which is the most you've ever gotten from a uh, convention. So uh, That's fantastic. Data always makes me absolutely giddy. So, um, yeah, pouring over that data, uh, still still entering data from Furry Fiesta and further confusion earlier this year. That was on the back burner because of the Furry book, which I can now confirm is finished. The, 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 all the chapters are written and assembled. Uh, it's been through one round of editing. It's just into our final editor right now to go through and just check for any last little sort of oopsies and hiccups that I left in there. Uh, but if all goes well, sometime in August, it'll be it'll be ready. I just got to commission a cover artist. Um, we got to format everything. But yeah, so that's uh, it's been exciting. Is it is it too late to submit stuff through the survey on Ferality? Uh Yes, but, well, not really. Uh, no, because it's the same survey that we're doing for Anthrocon, uh, and we're just leaving it open. So I guess technically, yeah, you could go uh, you could go uh, submit survey through Ferality, or go go through Ferality and figure out where the survey link is and still do it. So not I know this is not the opportune moment to bring this up, but <laughs> okay. I was... I was halfway, halfway through the survey, going through, making sure, ah, oh, this is going to be good information, having these great big, huge paragraphs. I wasn't using chat GPT, GPT I promise. <laughs> but I was like getting this really good information in there about my thoughts and feelings. And then on my mouse, my lovely mouse, I have a back button oh, and no. my, and I, I Bumped slipped it. and it went back to the Ferality website, and I lost, lost everything. everything. Damn it! So, and as you know, those uh, some of those surveys, and and I, I'm not trying to say anything towards your surveys, oh. but the surveys themselves, there's, there's, uh, you want to hear people's thoughts and opinions. It's more <laughs> than just a number based type thing survey where you can just like click what you think. Yeah. But you want, you know, want open ended data from people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Anyways, ah, uh, stab my heart. I have to get back into it and finish it. So, well, so you mentioned Ferality. So, so were you actually uh, attending Ferality, Rue? I 
did. I How absolutely did. And I think that it will be great if next year, if you attended, because I think what uh, what is awesome about Ferality and how they have it set up, and I know that there's a lot of listeners that they're like, what is Ferality? What is this? Oh, yeah, I guess we should so, explain that, shouldn't <laughs> Yeah, so let me give you just a couple of, couple of things. First of all, Ferality is an online convention. Um, it is ran through vocational re uh, wow vocational wow hold on <laughs> it is ran through vr chat so vr chat uh how it works is you you register through their website itself and if you've utilized vr chat before uh you'll know that there's like a friend system where a friend can basically send you an invite but ferality basically has an account that once you register, you have to put in your uh, VR chat information. Um, in VR, you'll actually receive a notification that you have a friend invite. You accept that friend invite. Then um, through the website itself, you click on what instance or what, um, what place that you want to go to, which are separated into different instances. Because... When you have a convention that's super, super huge... Like 15,000 people or something like that, yeah. Yeah, you can't have everybody in the same exact <laughs> room. Just crash the server. You would, yeah. and Well, you yourself, like I went into a room that had 60 people in it. And I, I like to think that I have a pretty okay computer. I mean, it's not like the top and top of the line. but it, But I play some pretty graphic intensive games on it. And so um, it was chugging. My my system was screaming at that. So I had to I had to go to a different room that had a smaller amount of, of people in it. But um, so they had different rooms. Like for example, they had a lobby where people could just go out and hang out. They had a dealer's den, uh, which basically what's interesting with the dealer's den is you go into the individual booths, and there's a video that um, has been recorded that's telling about the different services that they provide. Now, that was a lot of booths that were there. Like, I, I'd have to say it's more than probably a majority of conventions that I've that I've gone to. So that it was... Well, as far as I know, this is the largest furry convention that's been run to date, as far as I know. Yeah, I... See, I... It's, it's hard to compare it to something like MFF because it's different, but... It's true. I, I, I guess I'm of the opinion. I know that they're saying, and they have stated that they're the largest furry convention. I'm not going to, I, I, I still kind of feel like that they need to add the word virtual mm. in it. They're the world's largest virtual, you know, furry convention. That's just my opinion. Mm. Um, it's one thing, you know, when you have an actual space and I, I don't know. But that's that's something else that we can talk about later. Yeah. Um, uh, so you're talking about the dealer's yes. den. You're talking about going to the different booths in the dealer's den. So they also had a club that we went to, um, and the club was just phenomenal. Like you can definitely see the level of talent. Um, it, it's definitely nothing that you could experience in a regular um, furry, you know, furry convention. They had this great big gigantic bird that was on front of the, like in the back of the stage and its wings would act like the curtains. Hmm. 
Um, so di- during the different DJ sets, the, uh, the and then the, the yeah the curtain and also there'd be things that were projected on the wings, but it was built on top of a like a volcano. So there was cracks in the in the ground, and um, you know it was all neon and stuff like that. So it was it was fun as well. I, best experience was definitely at the dances. Um, what I loved about the the dances themselves is the whole fact that they got to to grab um, from artists all the, around the world. And if you go to a convention, I'm not saying that that they have a limited amount of choices. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to make sure that it's somebody that's attending the con, and that and I'm sure that they have their own barriers as well because usually. Um, in the the different worlds, and I'll, I'll talk about the panel worlds. The panel worlds, um, yeah, you can't have the person right there, right in in front of you. But what they do is, have you ever um, seen like, you know, in Japan, how they have those those AI singers, not AI singers, but like a like an avatar that's on stage like, like the Miku, that does like the, the, yeah, the, the yeah, yeah. so they yeah. do they do that. So huh. they have one person that's, um, that's announcing or not announcing, but presenting, but it gets presented to Instances all of these of different, all worlds. different rooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And instead it's just like a holograph. There you go. That's a, that's a good term of you presenting. So I definitely recommend that you should go and try out sometime. Well, but, it's, yes. I think it's really cool too for people who uh, I, I, I could do an entire episode just on this. But uh, I, one of the things I'm, I'm starting to get from the data already is this idea that for a lot of people who can't afford fursuits or who are maybe nervous to go in person, or even for things like going to a dance is overwhelming for them, right? It's a you know imagine being able to go to the dance and hear the music, but like you've got your headphones, you can adjust the volume as per your need, right? Are you, you exactly? Know, yeah. So it's exactly I've heard nothing but good things about it in terms of accessibility. So, yeah, like I go to a dance um, at a regular furry convention and, you know, normally I go out and my ears are bleeding. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not saying that the music is bad or anything, but I I will be honest. I I did like the ferality choices because they had a lot of different variety, but they did have something for everybody. But what was also nice is that they played it on a loop so, um, I mean, they still had a variety, but if you ended up missing one of the DJ sets, well, it's going to be played again, um, probably in like an hour, uh, not an hour, sorry, in like the next day or something like that. But anyways, I definitely recommend it because I, I know that a lot of like virality for me, I, like I was brand new, like I've never done anything like that before. And um, I actually went through post-con depression afterward which normally that's not something that i go through with a regular furry convention but i think that it's just because i'm used to that and so strange yeah 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 so you would think that it would have been the same exact thing like rue you've been through this before but it was just it was just different we'll Um, have to study that because i i know we've looked at post-con depression uh after anthrocon before and definitely found evidence for it, but I never thought to uh, to look for it in a virtual convention. So that's uh, that's something we'll have to look for next year. Because the study was a huge success, so we're definitely going to be hopefully uh, 
doing another version of it uh, at, a, at a future con because if only to be able to compare it to a, an in-person con and be able to sort of see what's similar and what's different. So, I think it would be interesting if you, and I'm not trying to get you to do first science oh. stuff, but I think it'd be interesting if you ran a panel over there. Yeah, it's it's on the to I think the only thing holding me back is I have no I I I I just don't have time to learn uh, VR chat right now. I don't have any of the gear or setup for it. I've been so busy with this book thing. Hopefully by next summer I'll have a bit more time. But it's yeah. on it's definitely on the to do list because I I see this uh, VR thing being a big part of the future, and so uh, I don't want to be an old bogey who's out of touch. With it. <laughs> well, I think the one thing that I that the one takeaway that I would want to let everybody know, and I think a lot of people just don't realize this is you do not have to have a VR headset. Yeah, you can play it in, in a browser, order right? to. Yep, you can do it right in a computer, and that's that's it. You yep. just have to have a good PC in order to play. But anywho, there you go. That's that's my what I've been up to this last week. So, well, I think before we we, we go any further, I think uh, I think after our last episode and the debacle with AI generation, I think you owe us a, a proper actual cookie this week <sighs> really no really? no ai generating it this time i want the authentic thing i want it to i want it to still smell like egg foo young <laughs> so actually i just barely got back from a cookie shop and they had these fox brand cookies okay. they were pretty good they were they were okay made with real i don't foxes, know if i would say that they were fox brand cookies but no they weren't made by fox made from foxes is that what you said yeah made made made, uh, made of foxes by foxes no for foxes, foxes. <laughs> no <laughs> okay okay all right here we go here we go all right Hope to see you. Huh, nope. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here's a good one. Love your inner family. Love yourself. In bed with a cookie. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, you know, family is, you know, you're, you make your family. It's the right? in bed part that, that, that squeaks me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You know, but if you think about it, actually, haven't I done this one before? Something. Because because it, it reminds me of the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know what? That's cut, it. We, the, we, need a, we need another one. We're not going to edit this. It's going to stay in. This is going to stay in. Let's look behind the curtain, folks. You can see everything here. Okay. Well, this one's even better. You will die alone and poorly dressed in bed with a cookie. That's a fortune I can get behind. Okay. Is that gonna be our new sh new thing? That, that's just my slogan now. Just, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. 
Uh, it's, it's like a, sh a shock DJ or something. So, Nuka, why are we here today? What are we going to be discussing? Because let me tell you, uh, with our opening, we didn't say anything about we what we nothing. were going to do. And uh, it's better that way, I think. It's a surprise. Although I guess if they've downloaded this episode, people already know what it's about. Um, we're we're going to be talking about... Um, we're going to be talking about space today and love in space with kitty cats. The damn lying, you know it. <laughs> okay. Well, what no, are we going to talk about? Drama. So dun dun dun. dun. So I, I know that we've alluded to drama in the past, and I think some of this data might have even brought up in sort of past conversations and past uh, episodes. But I don't know if we've done an episode like specifically taking a really good scientific look at drama. And I want to emphasize that as we go through today. Uh, I'll be talking about some of the research that's going to be from the book, the first science book that we're putting out later in in August. We do an entire chapter just on drama and conflict. And so I don't want this to necessarily be like, a, oh, let's have it out and talk about all these contentious issues. So much as just kind of say, hey, here are some of the, the, the pain points or the points of conflict in the fandom. Here's some of the things that furries disagree about sometimes without necessarily saying here's what our opinion is uh, or telling you what you should feel just letting you be aware of this is what drama is and this is where it tends this is where it sort of bubbles forth or or happens in the fandom so i guess before we get to any of that we should talk about what we mean by drama because it's one of those words that uh, i think gets thrown around a lot like we say oh drama llama and furry's full of drama without actually saying what what is drama um so, so nuka yes what is drama <laughs> i'm glad you asked Rue. um <laughs> So, I mean, I could have given my own definition. I think everyone has their own sort of definition. What we actually did was we sort of crowdsourced the definition. So in one of our earlier studies, we actually asked Furry straight up, hey, big empty box, tell us what drama is to you, either with examples or uh, just, def you know, if you had to put a definition to it, what is it? And we extracted an answer from hundreds and hundreds of responses. Like, what do all these responses have in common? And we found three three points three things make drama drama uh the first is that it's conflict drama is almost always something that people disagree about so there's some kind of conflict two or more people are disagreeing about something that's part one but not all conflict is drama right some sometimes there can be legitimate grievances sometimes people can fight but we don't call it drama so it's not enough to just be a disagreement that's not enough in and of itself to be drama the second component is that it typically takes place in some kind of public sphere, right? So a couple arguing behind closed doors is not drama, right? But if you're having this conflict in public, in a restaurant, at a furry convention, on social media, you're doing it in a place where other people can now watch, that contributes to drama. Again, that doesn't guarantee drama, but those are now two of the three sort of catalysts for drama. And the third part, uh, it's sort of what happens when you mix the first two parts. Um, because of the added public attention, the conflict goes, it gets blown out of proportion, right? What, what was probably started off as a, a fairly small uh, piece of conflict has now ballooned into something much bigger, right? It's like the, the schoolyard fight. We say, yeah, I'll meet you out by the bike racks, right? And then suddenly... You know, 100 kids come out to watch. What started as this small little scuffle between two people is now uh, potentially involving hundreds of people, right? And that's kind of what makes it drama, right? Is, is the blowing out of proportion part. So I don't mean to say 
that any time two people fight, it's drama, right? If there's a legitimate grievance, if someone has pulled a knife on someone else and it gets a lot of attention, that's not necessarily drama, right? That is a, a big reaction to a big conflict, right? What we're talking about with drama is something that should have been kind of small or localized has gotten blown out of proportion. It's, it's gotten way more attention than it probably needed to. And that's what we call drama. Does that sort of make sense to you? Yeah, no, I think it makes total sense. I mean, I think it's, uh, it makes me think of this poster, this poster that I grew up with, but it basically is this group of people with hands. And basically what they're doing is they're passing this car around. And okay. basically it's showing the other people's hands having all the, you know, mm. goo all over it. So as it passes along, it, Infects. It's spreading and leaving a leaving a, a sort of swath of destruction or impact on everyone. Yeah. Yes. I think that's yeah. It's a, it's a good mental image. I think that you know, drama doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? If if no one's watching, if no one's contributing to it, um, then it doesn't become drama. So, uh, so part of this research that I've been doing into drama has been trying to figure. Okay, well, if it's conflict, what kind? Where does this conflict come from, right? If drama stems from some kind of disagreement. What do furries disagree about? And that's a big part of this chapter that I wrote um, was, okay, what is it? What, what do furries fight about? Right. Cause we always talk about furry as this place of acceptance and everyone sort of, sort of gets along. But I think if you spend some time in the fandom, you realize that we're a very big non-homogenous group of people. We come from all walks of life. We come from all different backgrounds. And so we're going to bring with us different opinions and different, uh, tastes and preferences and 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 ideas and values so like uh, for example the top one cats versus dogs which which <laughs> which is better nuka uh i mean as a cat i have a pretty obvious as a cat who's phobic of dogs i have a pretty uh a pretty vested bias in this particular one here um <laughs> i know but... that that's not what you're talking about I'm no, no, no yeah no no uh, but yeah, so 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 yeah, we bring with us uh, our own biases to the table, our own lived experiences, and so it's going to cause friction points. So what I want to do today is kind of highlight some of the places where conflict can occur. And I guess one of the starting places um, is different preferences for aesthetics or content in the fandom, because we are a content-based fandom. We're a fandom based around people who like stuff, specifically media, right? So. Um, that means different things to different people. If I ask you, hey, Rue, what's your favorite show or what's your favorite furry themed piece of media, right? You're going to give an answer that's going to be different from mine, right? So yep. you're going to say, what are you going to say? Your... Uh, definitely like the best thing in the whole entire world right now is Lackadaisy. There you go. There's one. Yeah, right. So Lackadaisy. And I might say, oh, I've never seen Lackadaisy, but I'm a huge fan of that Zootopia, right? And so we might, now we might have a point of disagreement, right? I think, you know, and, and so. It sounds kind Wait of silly. Wait a minute, Nuka. You need to try everything. Try everything. Yeah. Know, try other so. things as well than just Zootopia. <laughs> yes. That was good. That was good. I have to learn from Shakira. So <laughs> so we asked, we asked Furry sort of uh, in a very open-ended way. We just said, hey, tell us about your thoughts about Furry content. We deliberately left it very, very vague. We just said, big empty box. Tell us your thoughts about Furry content. The so super, super empty box. What did they say? And what we found was 11% of the responses, 11.4% specifically, um, listed stuff that they wanted to see more of, 
while 4.3% uh, listed stuff that they wanted to see less of. So right out of the gate, there's some differences in terms of whether or not furries are focusing on stuff that they like or focusing on stuff that they dislike. Um, and again, it was very varied. So when furries were listing stuff they liked, uh, they often listed particular aesthetics or formats or things they wanted to see more of, right? So they might say, oh, well, I want to see more cute art. Or I want to see more edgy, dark art. Or I want to see more digital art, more realistic art, more cartoony art, right? Uh, or they list formats like, oh, I wish there was more digital artwork out there. I wish there were more your character here commissions available. Or they'd say, well, you know, I like characters with big bellies or big feet or hyper characters. I wish there was more of that in the, the content. Or they might have pointed to broad concepts like diversity. Oh, I want to see more LGBTQ characters represented. So that was the kind of stuff that people liked to see in content and liked to see more of. Um, in contrast, there were also furries who said that there was stuff that they want to see less of. So some of the common things were things that were like extreme content, right? So uh, one of the common ones that came up was uh, uh, gore or death or violence. Some people really like that edgy stuff. And I'll say myself included. I One of my favorite uh, um, uh, uh, pieces of uh, fan fiction is Followed Equestria, very, you know, the Fallout universe is kind of a dark and gory. So some people really like that aesthetic. Other people are like, you know, I don't need to see a bunch of gore and violence, right? So some people are like, don't you mean you see... don't want to see Happy Tree Friends? <laughs> I actually thought about that when I thought when I when I first heard this response, like, oh, Happy Tree Friends. And so for some people, like, yeah, get that crap out of here. I don't want to see it. Others uh, pointed to specific themes or uh, uh, motifs. Uh, or characters that they wanted to see less of. One that came up quite commonly was um, uh, law enforcement or authority figures. They said, you know, I really don't want to see, uh, because of things like the BLM riots and stuff, uh, people saying, you know, I really don't want to see uh, uh, authority figures represented in, in media and furry spaces. Um, other people just pointed to things that, that were, I guess, less politically charged, uh, but more just like preferences. Like some people said, hey, in my furry universe, uh, I don't want to see human characters, right? I wish people wouldn't draw furry characters next to human characters. It breaks the illusion. Or they'd say things like, um, you know, I, I'm sick and tired of mainstream media, right? Not everything that's furry needs to be Disney, right? So stop stop drawing Zootopia characters and draw your own characters. Don't be lazy or don't, don't give attention to big corporations. So these are the kinds of things that furries might disagree about, right? If you really like violent content, uh, you might say, well, hey, why are you telling the artists to, to make less of this stuff that I like, right? So you can see how there might be some, some room for friction or tension here. So, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Rue, or... <laughs> you know, I... You know, I, I do, but, you know, when it just... I, I think when it comes to it, what, what I think of is, you know, we're each interested in different things and there are there are things that are widely accepted to to some and you know there are things that i that i see within the fandom itself that i'm like you know what i even though that you largely accept this i don't necessarily agree with and but i'm trying to trying to just stick with the facts ex itself um mm -hmm. but one of them would be would be poodling <laughs> I, I am not 100%, you know, I, I, I understand it, I get it, 
but I, I think I'm of the old-fashioned fill of the don't ruin the magic, but I, I see that that's the next thing that, that yeah. that's on there. So Yeah, so I, I'm glad you brought up poodling. Um, that was one of the topics we looked at. We asked about poodling. Uh, so for those who don't know uh, or who don't regularly listen to the show, uh, poodling is fursuiting, uh, but where, where there's skin showing. So maybe you, you, you wear the, the head and like the hand paws, but you don't wear a torso. So you got some, you know, you're wearing a t-shirt and so you got some, some bare skin showing, or you got to, you're wearing shorts with your fursuit. And so you got some skin showing. And so we asked furries, Hey, how do you feel about poodling? And as it turns out, most furries are pretty chill with it. Uh, so furries, um, have about a 10 to one ratio of sort of either positive or negative, or sorry, positive or neutral to negative, right? So for every one furry who's kind of dead set against it, there's 10 furries who are either kind of okay with it or like super gung-ho about it. Um, so I, I don't want to say this is like, you know, equal sides to both, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, sorry, Rue, but you're kind of in the minority. There's nothing I know, wrong with that. I know, and that kills me. Uh. <laughs> but, but it's a point of friction, right? So, so you can see here how your preferred aesthetic will rub up against someone else's, right? So you might say, oh, look, yeah. I, I don't think it looks very good. But to another person, they might say, I don't see the problem, right? And we're allowed to disagree on this, right? But it can cause friction. Uh, even just the idea of fursuits in the fandom uh, comes up as well, too, with some people saying, you know, the fandom is focusing too much on fursuits. We need to get back to our roots and, and have it be about writing stories or have it be about, you know, did your physical artwork, right? Uh, even preference for, you know, there's a growing trend towards preferring digital art as people make social media accounts and stuff and want to have their, their, their artwork shown on these digital profiles, we're moving away from traditional art. And for, for people like me who really like traditional art, I love being able to have a piece of art I can physically hold, right? It's not my preferred aesthetic. And that'll create friction with someone who does say, well, no, I, I, I don't like digital art. I like being able to, to put it up on my my FA account and put it up on my, my show it off on my Twitter account and on my, my Instagram and such. So, um, yeah, there'll, there'll be differences, not just in like the content itself, but the medium in which it takes place and, you know, fursuiting itself, right? Uh, uh, how much do we focus on fursuiting? Should we focus more or less on it? What kind of fursuiting, right? Or do you prefer digital grade versus kinds of grade? These are all things content wise that furries, could disagree about and because in the scheme of things they're kind of minor you can see how the how a small scuffle over this could balloon or escalate beyond um you know beyond what should be like a fairly small scuffle so so nuka how often is your data wrong <laughs> <laughs> i have to i have to throw that out there yeah no, i'm just kidding but uh, yeah, not trying to get into the personal side of things, hmm. but uh, honestly, when it comes brass tacks come down to it, I think that something that causes drama is that sometimes people have a hard time being able to see other people's opinion. Why is it that they feel that particular way? Why is it that somebody likes plantigrade versus digitigrade? Hmm. And sometimes that I, I feel. That the source of drama that sometimes happens is the inability of being able to take somebody else's shoes and being in their shoes for a minute and just trying to understand, okay, how did that person come to this particular conclusion itself? 
why is it that Rue absolutely does not like poodling? Does he go around and like run up to people at conventions and say, you're doing it incorrectly? <laughs> no. Or, or in a similar vein. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go, go for it. I say, or in a similar vein, right, it related to that. Um, I think part of it stems from this misunderstanding or, or not understanding that expressing an aesthetic preference is not the same thing as making a prescriptive claim, right? So you saying, oh, aesthetically, I don't think poodling looks very good is very different from you saying, I don't think people should be allowed to poodle. And I think sometimes we forget that, right? So it's very easy for someone to listen to this podcast and hear Rue say, oh, I don't think poodling looks very good. That's just me. And say, oh, Rue hates poodling and thinks that we shouldn't be allowed to poodle suddenly, right? And, that, and this, is where, this is where drama comes from, right? Mm -hmm. So now people are putting words or perspectives into to Rue's mouth that aren't his. And, and now, you know, now internet drama starts over it, right? And now, you know, there's some people who will take Rue's side, some people who will be against it. And suddenly now it what has been just a simple expression of, oh, I'm not a fan of this aesthetic has blown up into prescriptive claims. Yeah. trial? <laughs> yeah. It's like, and then, and then people are fighting against each other on who believes Rue or who feels that Rue is right and then who feels that Rue is wrong. Mm. And this... <laughs> And what's, what's, what's amazing to realize is that this is like one of the most innocuous things we can disagree about, right? This is disagreeing over whether your favorite color is blue or red, which in the scheme of things is like the, the, the least of our concerns. Because when you think about the other things we could disagree about, the other potential points of conflict, uh, it only goes uphill from here. So another thing that furries kind of disagree about or potentially have some conflict over uh, is when you start mixing politics into the mix right so you mm -hmm. start uh, and, and we don't even need to go very deep into politics to already start to see where points of uh conflict may emerge uh so for example we asked a simple question um should the fandom exist for uh, uh escapism now most furries agreed with that most furries agreed that the fandom is a place of, of free expression uh, uh freedom of, of speech freedom of expression creativity generally agree with those kinds of points but where you start to run into problem is when you press a little bit deeper so as a, as a general value it's very easy to say oh everyone should be allowed and it should be a place of of wonderful self-expression okay but as soon as you you dig a little deeper into what does that actually look like and mean it starts to get messier right so i can say oh uh, do you think anyone should be allowed in the furry fandom we get a lot more mixed responses to that. And part of the reason is because how are you parsing that question? When I ask you that, are you hearing, oh, as a general principle, should we let people in no matter what? Or are you hearing that as, are there any groups we should be leaving out, right? Because a person can think as a general principle, I'm okay with letting most people into the fandom, but also think, uh, but Nazi first can fuck off, right? And you can hold both of those views to generally be true, right? But depending on whether you parse the question as, you know, should we leave anyone out as an absolute, you know, uh, uh, as an absolute claim, there should be some groups be left out or not. That's going to lead to some disagreements. So Rue might say, oh, I think everyone should be allowed in the fandom. And I might say, oh, well, you think that. Well, then I guess you're okay with Nazi furs, right? And, and, and Rue might well be against Nazi furs. And he wasn't even thinking about that when he was thinking about his general principle. And now we've got a point of conflict, right? Rue expressing one position, right? Someone else comes along and, and sort of 
holds it to an extreme or interprets it uncharitably or considers it in a context that Rue wasn't considering. And suddenly now it's now it's now it blows up on Twitter and now suddenly Rue's okay with Nazi furs, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's not, right, by the way. I, I don't want to put that just to make it clear. But you can see how these things can quickly spin out of control, right? As long as the swastika gets changed, specifically it must be a cookie. <laughs> and it only certain cookies can be part of this 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 new regime. <laughs> oh dear. Just kidding. All cookies can be there. Uh, another really good example of how this can happen oh is... Oh my gosh, that's so terrible. Sorry. <laughs> uh, another really good, of how, a good idea or example of how this can happen is we ask furries in, in one of our studies, we say, oh, do you, are you okay with free speech? And furries say, yes. As a general rule, furries are okay with free speech. And we say, okay, are you okay with the fandom being a safe space? And furries are like, yes, the fandom should absolutely be a space where people feel free. So furries overwhelmingly agree with both of these things. But if you want to start a fight you say which one is more important and suddenly sparks fly right this thing that you know, furries agree with both of these things but because you you force them to choose one or the other right is free speech more important than safe spaces right even though furries agree on both of these things suddenly you've now created conflict where there didn't need to be any by forcing furries to prioritize one over the other this thing that they agree with. They, they both agree with free speech and they both agree with safe spaces in the fandom. Um, so yeah, this is what I mean where if you're not careful, the, the, these non-issues, it should be a non-issue because we agree with both of these things and yet furries fight over this. Furries will, will, will destroy friendships and destroy, you know, break apart local groups over a, a, a question that, that's unnecessarily pitting these two things against one another. Do you know, by your research, do you know why? Um, so I think part of the problem is, is, is we consider our values are important to us almost by definition, right? And so these are both deeply held values, right? I think, you know, holding this, this free speech and, and, and the liberty that comes with free speech is an important value to many people, right? Likewise, the, 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 there's a, it's a very primitive, very basic human need for security and safety. We're a tribal species. We like to belong to groups where we can feel safe in numbers, right? So both of these things are foundational to us. And so it sort of runs into the same thing. If I say, well, I think, you know, uh, uh, free speech is pretty important. And I express one of those values. Someone comes along and says, oh, even more important than this other very sacred value, right? It's almost, there's almost no winning in that case. You, you, you're, you're being forced now to trample on one of those sacred values and you will upset people for whom those values are very important. If I say, oh, free speech isn't as important as security, right? Even if I think I hold both of them in very high value, the people, if I say, I don't think free speech is as important, now suddenly a lot of people for whom free speech is very important, which is a lot of people, are gonna be horribly offended by that and say, oh, Nuka is, is, is against free speech. Nuka wants to shut everyone. Again, they start making prescriptive claims based on that. Oh, Nuka is trying to make claims about blah. And suddenly this thing has blown up into uh, uh, something much bigger and nastier than perhaps it needed to be because we've created this false dichotomy that right, it can only be one or the other. Do you feel like that this is, that this is something that has been uh, going on for a very, very long time? Or do you feel like that because of social media and the access that we, that we have, 
that I mean, I know that there's been arguments all throughout history, yeah. right? And and people surmising or um, you know, jumping to conclusions on on things. So you can't we can't say that mm. I don't know. I just do you think that it's more prevalent because we have easy access to it, each other through social media? Yeah. So social media is is a catalyst. It it, it makes it so much easier, right? So uh, if it, let's just say that's a local group of say fifteen people, fifteen furs, right? Uh, let's say that there's a little rift that forms, right? Those little rifts were there even before social media was a thing, right? You go back to the nineteen eighties and nineteen nineties early fandom and find rifts in little local groups. That's always been a thing. But what social media has allowed you to do is when you start to get into a scuffle with people in your local group, suddenly you've now got a bullhorn and you can project your position and straw man the other person's position to thousands and tens of thousands in furries, uh, furries, right? And now suddenly you've got this dog piling on from outsiders. And what has started off as a, a little scuffle in a local group has suddenly become something that thousands of people are weighing in on, uh, which, which again, blows it out of proportion, right? This thing, which, which is a small localized uh, debate or discussion, has now become uh, something that, that furries around the world are weighing in on. Yeah, uh, I mean, one thing that I think about is whenever, you know, in, in life itself, in general, I, I think of it a lot as, like, almost like a, a chess game. Now, now take it take it into consideration. Rue is not saying that life is a game. Mm. That's not that's not what I'm saying. But um, I feel that sometimes when you have a conflict or drama or something that's going on, you could potentially um, make it so that other people um, can be. How do I explain this? Sometimes I feel that if you um, if when you're talking to another person, it gives them the ability to move the chess pieces on your board. Mm. So what I'm meaning by that is by you projecting yourself from the, you know, to everybody about a particular situation, it makes it so that everybody brings their chess pieces out and can, you know, move them around and it makes and it add them even, to the board and add them to the board and make this simple. Well, chess is not simple, but make mm. this game into something much, much, much more complex. A and, really good example of this, um, you know, poodling. One of the reasons poodling became sort of a prominent issue. Oh, my for gosh. A while do we have to talk about that word? No, no, but, that's but, no, but it's a, that's really a good swear example. word in our house. <laughs> Just kidding. But it's, but it's a really good example because so poodling, I guess, sort of uh, hit its peak or like the, the, the peak of the discussion, at least. Was I? Th I want to say, if my history serves me right, it was Nordic FuzzCon a few years ago, a con in Sweden, I believe, uh, which which sort of had had this discussion about whether or not poodling would be allowed on the convention floor, right? So this this decision being made at a convention in Sweden was suddenly being talked about by furries the world over, right? I'm here in Canada, and I heard about this discussion, and you guys down there in the states heard about it, right? And so this. Oh yeah. This decision at a relatively small, you know, largely unheard of convention in many parts of the world, because of social media, it suddenly became a, a, a hotspot, a catalyst for discussion by furries worldwide, right? And that's a perfect example of how this little, little localized discussion balloons into something now that the entire fandom is weighing in on, right? And everyone's throwing their pieces into the mix, right? And, and, and to say, I want to, to add, 
that doesn't necessarily mean that in some times there needs to be change, definitely, 100%. Mm. And so there is a way that, that sometimes, believe it or not, Rue's going to say it, sometimes drama can promote change. And sometimes drama does, you know, make change for good. Mm. Sometimes. But majority of time, drama just is not very good because drama to me is, you know, a lot of people that are just, you know, fighting over it. But, but that's not the scientific. Well, but actually, we, we do have data on that, actually. Uh, so uh, oh, some good. data we've looked, so we, at, we asked Furry straight up, hey, do you think drama is, is a good thing or a bad thing in the fandom? And a lot of furries, uh, uh, the most common answer is that it's kind of a mixed bag. A lot of furries will say, you know, it's, it's neither super, super good nor super, super bad. A lot of furries recognize there's some value to be had in drama, right? So to some extent, drama is really good at sort of highlighting, hey, here's an issue that we as a fandom are still kind of dealing with, right? Even if it's kind of a small issue in the schema things, right? So like the issue of like, are adoptables a good thing or not, right? That's one of the things that the, the furries are actually really divided. We have data that shows that furries are completely divided on this. And so it's 50-50? Completely. Uh, it's it's well, actually what it is on, on a one to hundred scale. If you imagine, you know, uh, a ten, a twenty, a thirty, a forty, furries are evenly split about ten percent on each of those. So about as divided as you can get, right? Between people wow. who are right in the middle, people who are super against, people who are super for it, and everything in the middle. Furries are just completely divided on the issue. And in the scheme of this is a, a good example of drama because in the scheme of things, it's pretty trivial as an issue, right? This yeah. is not the same thing as like. Um, should the fandom be a political space, right? That I wouldn't consider to be drama because that is a much more substantive question with some very real um, uh, pragmatic implications for those involved, right? But the question of like, oh, are adoptables a good thing, right? People fighting over this, this is a pretty trivial thing in the scheme of things, right? To, 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 make, to blow it up into to a fandom-wide discussion is, is a little bit out of proportion. Um, I don't know, Nuka. You know, if somebody's voice is loud enough and they rant about it enough, and maybe, I don't know, let's just add something else in the mix. They have a huge following, mm -hmm. potentially, and they make this stance against adoptables. Who knows what, what would end up occurring from that? Maybe it would blow up yeah. because would of the division. You can also take the sense and say, well, for someone for, for whom their, their persona, their primary persona isn't adoptable, they might actually have a very strong position on that. They might have a very strong and valid reason to feel very strongly about it, right? So even my, my decision that this is a trivial matter um, is potentially contentious, right? That comes from a place of where, well, it's trivial to me, but what's trivial to me may be something very important to them. This is actually a really good example of or how Or if the, you're I, an artist that specifically, that's yeah, all they Yeah, if your livelihood is, is based on adoptables, you have a very, very vested stake in this. Yeah. A really good example of this in a more substantive way is the question of should politics be allowed in the fandom, right? Uh, our research shows that for a lot of uh, predominantly white, predominantly cisgender people, um, for people who don't face a lot of stigma in day-to-day -day life, they say the fandom should be a place of escapism, right? They say, you know, why do you need to drag politics into it? Whereas for people, LGBTQ people in particular, um, uh, BIPOC people in particular, uh, the fandom is very much a place 
where you can't escape politics, right? That may be their refuge against politics, or that may be where they find uh, social support and rally support, you know, to, to get them through the day. And they would say, you can't escape politics. This is, you know, my life is political, right? And so what is for one person a very trivial matter is, is you know, life or death for another person. So even labeling something as drama is something we have to be careful about uh, because it is very easy to say, oh, that's just, to trivialize something is just, oh, it's just drama. As for another person, that may not be the case. So even the label of drama, you have to be careful with applying. I think that's a good place to, to throw it to break. No, I had a good question. Oh, no, sorry. No, you go ahead. Throw, no, we can throw it to break. We can throw it to break. I will save this question. That just means that people have to go on their potty break, be like, oh, what? What's, what's Rue going to say? What was Rue going to say? <gasps> Rue, Rue okay. and Nuka are fighting. This is drama. Ah, oh, dun, dun, <laughs> dun. All right, we'll see you on the flip side. Hey there, folks. Do you know what the FCC is? Neither do we. But apparently, they require us to let people know every so often just what the heck they're listening to. We call these little segments where we tell people that they're listening to for what it's worth iDents. And we need your help to make them more interesting. God knows you don't need to be listening to any more of our voices. So if you've got a good radio voice, or even just an interesting voice, or just a voice, or if you want to add your own bit of quirkiness to the show, uh, just send us a recording of you telling folks uh, who you are and that they're listening to for what it's worth. You can email those idents to us directly uh, or send them to us through SpeakPipe at speakpipe.com slash FWIW. And you might just hear yourself in the next episode. Technology, it's wacky, right? I'd like to take this time to thank the patrons. We couldn't do this without you. Anthalo, Victor Mutt, Hugs and Bites, Livus, 10X, Plug, Ashton Circle, Nuka, that weirdo, Bubble Whip, Chapa Griff, Black Baldrick, Lagris, Tear, Ichigo Okami, Guardian Line, Last but not least, Rivka, thank you. Couldn't do it without you. Okay, so you guys have all had your lovely little break. I hope that it was nice. I hope that it wasn't like 45 minutes long or something. It was, it was a good... I've been here living in... I've been living in fear at your question. It's been all... The only thing on my mind this entire The time. whole entire time was just about my question. Okay. I'm scared. 
All right. So I was going to just, so we were talking a little bit, remind me, what were we talking about? We were talking about LGBTQ, right? And right. So the idea was that for some people, certain issues are very, very important. So I, I talked about the issue of like, should the fandom be a political space? Right. And for for a lot of uh, cis white men in particular, this isn't the only people, but the, in our surveys, it seems that the people who are the most against politics in the fandom, cis white men are the ones most likely to say, ah, it's supposed to be a place of fun. Stop dragging politics into it. Whereas if you're LGBTQ, uh, if you're a BIPOC person, the fandom, it, you say, well, the fandom is like where I find all my allies. It's where I find people who will go to political rallies with me. Right. It can't not be a political. OK, space. so the, here's my question. So, um, do you have any statistics about religion in the fandom? Yes, we do. Uh, so most of our data comes from, uh, nor, uh, from specifically America, the United States. So keep that in mind, uh, cause the United States in particular is a predominantly Christian country. Uh, despite that, we tend to find that about one quarter to one third, depending on where you take the sample from. One quarter to one third of furries are Christian. Uh, about half of furries are either atheist or agnostic. Um, what we do find is that surprisingly, despite the fact that religion is often a real pain point in in the general world, right? People, you know, wars get started over religion. In the fandom, it's largely live and let live. Uh, a lot of furries tend to be um, to not disagree so much about religion. Religion doesn't come up very often when it does. It's usually not a point of friction. That said, uh, in our surveys, we have found Christian furries who say, uh, you know, I run into, uh, you know, I don't always feel comfortable expressing my, my Christian beliefs because people will assume things about me that may not be true, or they'll assume that I'm a bigot, or they'll assume X, Y, and Z about me. Um, so there's a little bit of it that arises in very particular instances. Um, but Again, given that religion is one of those hot button issues that's often a source of tremendous conflict, you don't actually see a lot of it in the furry, as much as you would think. Furry okay, no worries. The reason why that I just no drama or anything, just bringing up the question. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things that um, is in the Utah community is we have a, we have a regular group um, that everybody is welcome to to come to, and then we have. Uh, we have niche groups, which that happens in any state, right? But we have yeah. specifically, we have more, uh, like, sorry. A Mormon furry group? I or? can't say Mormon furry group because that will offend somebody. So okay. um, Latter-day Saint uh, furry group. Mm. So it's just interesting to see, um, you know, see that kind of kind of happen, how you know, people have kind of split into to different groups with that. So, And that's actually not un uncommon in the fandom. One of the things we've noticed as well, uh, we've started to do more and more work on BIPOC furries in the fandom. And we found that, yeah, it's more and more common to, to, to find these folks who kind of congregate with one another, right? So trans people congregate with other trans people in the fandom. Uh, artists congregate with other artists in the fandom. BIPOC furries congregate with other BIPOC furries in the fandom, right? Is it, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second, but... Furries congregate by age as well. Gray muzzles tend to congregate with other gray muzzles, right? So even within this big, broad fandom, there is a tendency to, to sort of hang out with other people whose values align with your own. And that's one of the ways that we kind of avoid some of this conflict is that you kind of hang out with people, you gravitate towards people whose beliefs largely align with your own. You don't completely shut out other people, 
But when you surround yourself with like-minded others, it tends to reduce some of the friction. Uh, Nuka, I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. All this is tiring because like to me, I just want to be able to go to just go to, to places and just not have to like, I don't know. Like, how do how do I explain it? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm coming to to where I um where I came from and my my particular mm-hmm. background. Like, I came from a place where I didn't really have like a lot of um I didn't have a lot of family support when it came to to furries and different mm-hmm. things like that. I didn't have a lot of support when it came to LGBTQ, and so when I when I found my community when i found my place is furry for furries it was like wow this is my family and i built mm-hmm. up this family and then then um i i don't know like i wish that it had i i don't know what i'm trying to say nuka i am so sorry but it's like no. i feel like more and more as time goes on we are being separated into all of these little different groups, which I'm not saying that everybody needs to be interested in. Like, not everybody is going to be interested in drawing, just like how not everybody's interested in being furry. But I yeah. just find it difficult sometimes where I feel like that I'm seeing more and more divide and maybe it's just me being in the fandom longer maybe i'm just getting old and becoming this gray fur and i'm seeing cracks that that tend to form once in a while but and i know that you can't necessarily be my psychologist and solve this for me (laughs) but you know i drama really like i don't know it just it especially with some of the older furs that i've seen you know, it sometimes jades people. and Yeah, so there's a few things I can say about that. Um, one of which, I think, is as you spend time in the fandom... So when, when you first get into the fandom, most of us have a very idealized view of the fandom, right? The only thing we see are the commonalities. We come in, we see, look at all of these people who think the same thing I do, who love the same things I do. Um so I think it's very common early on to, to, to see only the things we have in common and to not notice the, the, the heterogeneity, all the little lumps in the batter, right? All the, all the little clusters and ways that we are a little bit different. Um, but also, I do think that as the fandom grows, you get a critic, it becomes big enough to sustain subcommunities, right? So back when the furry fandom still started and was very small, right? there was only, you know, there wasn't that many furries. And so the idea of having an entire sub-community within the furry fandom just for BIPOC folks, just for uh, trans folks, just for artists, just for, I mean, it just wasn't big enough to sustain that. I mean, picture picture a local furry group of five furries, right? Mm -hmm. Or six furries, right? When there's only six of you, right? You can't really form a sub-committee just of the gamers in the group, right? Because that... That might only be one or two of you, right? But as the fandom gets bigger and bigger, you can kind of get these little critical... It's big enough that you can start to support little sub-communities. And in fact, the furry fandom is one of those sub-communities. We, we, we formed historically as an offshoot of the science fiction fandom, remember, right? Yep. It's only as the science fiction fandom grew big enough that there was a little kernel of people with this interest in furry that, that got big enough to split off and become its own thing. 
one of the predictions I've been making for a while now is that as the furry fandom gets bigger and bigger and all these little subgroups kind of uh, uh, congeal inside of it, it wouldn't surprise me at some point that you're going to get these little splits off. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised, for example, if there's a, there's a critical mass of VR furries that kind of split off from the central fandom and became their own little community in and of itself, right? Not completely abandoning the furry community, but just kind of becoming their own thing. In the same way, furry didn't completely abandon the science fiction community. It just kind of became its own entity with historical ties to it. So I think, uh, I think some of that can happen as these writs sort of form, as these, these little subgroups grow. So do these subgroups happen because of drama they can right so so drama can so so drama can be one of the reasons why rifts form a really good example historically of one of these that didn't quite take off uh it actually centers around another issue in the fandom that's highly contentious uh sex so se sex in general is a very highly contentious topic nothing will get people uh more offended upset interested vocal uh, than sex will. And we have a really good example historically in the fandom, two, in fact, sort of waves or revolutions, if you will, uh, in the burned furs movement, and then eventually kind of as a, a, a second wave of that, the improved anthropomorphics movement, uh, both of which were kind of centered on this idea of should sex be in the furry fandom or not, right? So, I, you know, without going into a whole history lesson on it, the gist of it is um, there was a group of furs who said, you know, we don't like the, the, the public image of furries as a bunch of perverts or, uh, you know, my own personal interest in the fandom isn't a sexual one. And I don't like it, you know, being in the same room and, and shoulder to shoulder with furries for whom this may be predominantly a kink or a fetish. And so there was this, this felt need to sanitize the fandom, get the sex out of it, or at very least, you know, oh, don't stop being so openly sexual. Keep that to yourself. Uh, trying to improve basically the public face of furry. Um, and this, you know, for folks who weren't around in the fandom in the, the, the late 1990s, and the, the 2000s, um, they might be unaware that this, this was, uh, this threatened to potentially be a rift in the fandom, right? This was a potential dividing point in the fandom where you stood on this issue. And at the end of the day, burned furs kind of ended up fading out. Um, there are still some vestiges of it today that you can see, but largely, it kind of sort of lost out to the, this more uh, sex positive part of the fandom. Um, but we still see that sex is still a potentially divisive issue in the fandom. If you remember, I asked, or I mentioned earlier, we asked furries about content. What are your thoughts about furry content in a super open-ended mm -hmm. way? 2.6% uh, of furries said they wanted to see more safe for work content. And 3.6% said they wanted to see less not safe for work in the content in the fandom right now we didn't ask specifically about this but spontaneously you know four or five percent of furries brought up that you know it'd be nice to see you know less porn more not porn in the content right on the flip side of it uh three percent of furries said there was a specific fetish like whatever they were into they wanted to see more of it and as a counterpoint to that uh, about 4% of furries listed specific fetishes they wanted to see less of. And so whether the debate is about should sex be in the fandom or not in the first place, or even if you're sex positive, sh should certain fetishes be allowed or not in the fandom uh, is a potential point of friction, right? And most furries we found 
tend to be open-minded up to a point. They'll be open, 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 and that, but most furries have like one fetish at least where they're like, I'm open with it, but not that one thing, right? And what it is will differ from person to person, right? But most furries, you can point to something where they're like, everything, but not that. So, uh, and we, we don't need to start listing off uh, fetishes, right? My, my, my idea here, or the, the idea is not to uh, stigmatize anyone or make anyone feel bad for liking what they like. But yeah, this is a potential point of conflict. And again, spend some time on furry Twitter and you'll find people having arguments about should X be allowed in art? Should Y be allowed in art, right? Fur Affinity right now is dealing with the fallout of, you know, what should and should not be allowed in artwork on the website, right? We've seen entire uh, uh, furry art websites uh, essentially take off and gain popularity precisely because they would allow content that isn't allowed on other furry websites. So these these do have the potential to to lead to conflict and friction and, and even perhaps drama, depending on the nature of it. Kind of reminds me of an example that's currently happening in our in our town locally. This is nothing furry related, but basically mm-hmm. what's happening is we have um, people that um, they they've um, we have some people that have taken um, and said, okay, these books are not allowed to be um, in our schools, basically. And a lot Mm -hmm. of them were like LGBT or, you know, they had some like sexually explicit type stuff, different things like that. And then the P then what happened is that rule got passed or that law got passed. And um, basically one of the school districts came out and said, well, we're going to need to ban the Bible. Because I heard it about has that. all about of that. those the list of things, yeah. and so that's been Oops. kind of a, you know, now people are, you know, out. Sorry, I, I try not to talk about current events, but there's people out hmm. there like protesting because you know this school district banned the Bible from the from the school, but that was because of the. Anyways, uh, it's off topic, hmm. but it is drama, you know. Well, it's a really good example of what I was saying with the the idea of like, oh, you can be pro fetish except for that one thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? You can be very pro sex except for that one thing, right? And so, so people often will say, oh, "I'm very, you know, I, I, or I, I'm against, you know, either you, you maybe take a very anti fetish stance. I don't want any fetish stuff." But then someone points out, "But aren't you really into, you know, uh, this one thing? Like, oh, but that one thing is okay because that's what I like, right?" So exactly. there's this, 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 yeah. So, um. Won't need, we don't need to dwell too much on it, but yeah, so sex is the potential point of friction for a lot of furries and, and non-furry issues in general, right? This is things that furries can fight about. Another topic that you kind of alluded to earlier, Ruin, I kind of want to pull it back to okay. that. Um, generation differences or age differences, because you and I are, are statistically speaking, we are uh, in the older, uh, uh, we're, we're above the median point. We'll put it, we'll put it as nicely as possible to us. <laughs> we're above the median value for age in the fandom. We, we are not the, the, the youngest folks in the furry fandom, nor have we been for a few years. Um, there are generational differences. So, so even myself calling myself an older furry will make some 60 and 70 year old furries who got into it in the 1980s scoff at the fact that I'm going to even consider calling myself an older furry. Um, but there are generational differences, right? We've now, this is a fandom that's been around depending on where you put the the line in the sand, anywhere from 40 to 60 years in the making. Um, There's been a lot of sort of generations in the fandom since then. Um, And 
the fandom looked very different and had different norms and values between those different generations. A furry who was a furry in the 1980s looks and acts and thinks and expects very different things from a furry just getting into the fandom today. But the idea of a virtual reality furry convention was, was almost unheard of to a furry uh, attending Conference Zero, right? So um, It's just, it's and, awesome, and, you know. Okay. Yeah, but, but, but these are potential points of conflict, right? So you can, as soon as you, you know, just, just take, uh, take furry out of it for a second, put a, put a 60-year-old in the room with a 20-year-old and start asking them for their opinions on things. And it's not going to take long before you start finding things that they disagree on, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so this is this is the same thing with with furries. We've 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 documented some of these generational differences uh, in the fandom, right? So age differences and generational differences. Um, we found, for example, uh, when we asked them, "What do you, what do you you know? How do you feel about older furries? How do you feel about younger furries?" And we've we've pointed out some some pain points, so some points where there's friction. Uh, when it comes to um, older furs, the things that people tend to be most off-put by with older furs is this perception of older furs as being very cliquish or gatekeeping. So younger furries often, whether it's true or not, younger furries tend to see older furries as being gatekeepy or cliquish, uh, as being you know sort of bigoted towards younger furs or prejudicial. Um, perhaps they see, oh, it's it's it's. Oh, you know, when I'm when when a 20 year old is immature and silly, that's funny. But when a 60 year old is immature and silly, that's creepy and weird. Or they're making references to like what the hell is a furry muck, or not understand. You know, the references to artists or things that they they've never heard of. Like I don't I don't understand what what this this you know uh, what what is a zine? I've never heard of that. Right. So they're making references to things that I don't understand, and that's weird. And on the flip side. When it comes to younger furs and the perception of younger furs, they're often seen as being, you know, technologically obsessed, right? You know, put down your damn phone, right? <laughs> or it's been all there. It's terminally online, right? They're always on the Twitter and the Instagram. Um, they're into the cancel culture, right? This belief that cancel culture is rampant in younger furs. Um, the belief that they, they get onto too many bandwagons, that, that the culture changes too quickly to have any sort of staying power or significance. Um, or just this belief that they're ignorant about the history of the fandom, right? So the idea that, oh, you've just come into the fandom in 2023 and you don't appreciate the the 40 or 50 years of trailblazing that had to come before so that you can have the fandom that you have today, right? So these are kind of points of, of conflict uh, that can arise when you put a younger fur in the room with an older fur. And I think you're 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 uh, talking about poodling is a really good example of this because it's 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 a generational difference in what fursuiting ought to be. So maybe you want you can you can speak to that a bit more, but um... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, back in that time, it was all about don't ruin the magic. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's basically the standard was the whole back in the day, back in my day, <laughs> it was back. You know, at that time frame that. Um, that was the set standard. There was people that tried to go in with a box on their head to go into the fursuit, uh, fursuit photo, um, you know, at a convention and, or they were just trying to go into the fursuit parade and that was not allowed. It just wasn't, that was kind of the standard at that particular time. 
And so it was seen as performance art. Exactly. It was shown as like, this is the, you know, we are like, as if we are Disney characters, we are not to ruin the magic. We, we don't pop the top and, you know, a convention space and go walk around with our head, you know, un- underneath my arms. And it was part of the reason for the first fursuit lounges. Exactly. That's why the, there are fursuit lounges. Or he- headless lounges. Sorry. Yeah. You know, so that's that's the whole purpose is to go in there. But but the main thing that even though that I have my opinions and stuff like that, the main thing is, is do what makes you happy. That's where it comes <laughs> down to it. However, if I was to run a charity event, I probably wouldn't invite you. <laughs> to be honest, but, but it, to put it blatantly, yeah. I probably wouldn't just because there is a there's a certain standard. I am looking for performer performers and I'm looking for people that are there to to perform and to mm-hmm. be this particular character and not to ruin somebody's uh, you know, childhood that they're like, oh, this great big huge dog is actually just a human. <laughs> because it ruins it for me because then the other kids are like oh that's just a guy in a suit yeah well it's a good example of, of, of different generational values right and neither one is inherently right or wrong um, but it's what's valued right so to the older generation it's art it's performance art you get a fursuit as a, a piece of performance art whereas I think to younger furries it's it's let and again I'm speaking I, I'm 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 making sort of casting a wide net here and, and painting all younger furries with the same brush. But on average, for younger furries, a, fur, uh, a fursuit is first and foremost self-expression, right? I put this on so I can be myself and I can express myself and hang out with my friends how I want to be seen, right? And so for them, because it's not seen as performance art for someone else, this is a thing that I do for me. And so for them, it's like, well, I pop the head off in the same way, you know, I, I, I'm hot and tired, so I pop the head off, right? Because I'm done with this. It's about what I want to do, so I pop the head off, right? So why, why would I care about what you think? I'm doing this for me. Whereas to an older fur, it's, you, you do it for the, for the art for someone else. And so neither one of those is right. I want to stress this. But you can imagine that if you fall into one camp or the other, you're going to disagree. Like you said, I, I, I think my side is right and the other side is wrong. And you can see how this can create friction, right? You can you can see how, how disagreements can happen in clearly forums, Nuka, right? Clearly, Nuka, my <laughs> side is right. 100%. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, cards on the table, right? I'm, I'm a little closer to that older generation. And as a personal choice for me, I don't take off my head public right but I, I i come from that more old school stance but i can recognize that fursuiting means something different to me than it does to perhaps a 19 or 20 year old furry who but in just this one particular situation i feel like that um that somebody could like a younger fur could take us as being clickish that it's like yeah. beca- they could look at that because, and they say, look at these elitists. like i even said that i even said that just a few minutes ago that I probably wouldn't invite them to a charity event, you know, but, and I guess that that, that is me being somewhat like it could be perceived as me being clickish that I have this particular standard that I would want at a charity event itself. And I, and it's the kind of thing that could lead to drama, right? So you can imagine a local group, right? You have a perfectly, if you know your position as well for charity events I, I this is how i see the event going i'm running it so this is kind of the rule for it 
And you can imagine in a local group, if a younger furry said, well, he hates younger furries, and now suddenly there's a rift, right? And if, if it gets onto social media that, oh, Rue's the kind of person who hates younger furs and thinks that the way young, he wants to tell you how you should fursuit, and now you've got drama. This tiny little rift, this tiny little disagreement about what fursuiting ought to be has suddenly become a a, a, a flashpoint in a furry culture war. <laughs> yeah, okay, 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 sorry. You know, Rue, when it's story time. So I, I and I know I've shared this on the show and you've heard this story already, Nuka. So I'm sorry if, if you guys are hearing oh. this again. But like, that's how I met my like the first time that my significant other met me was because I told him I told him that, hey, you where's your paws? You don't have your paws on and you're just walking around with your head on. What's going on? So poodling. <laughs> Well, first of all, also like kind of almost he thought I was a dick 100 percent. And he's <laughs> like, I, I don't like this guy. Who is this guy? Who, who does he think that he is? You know, mm. and then we started dating. I don't know how it started that way, but <laughs> and and now I've been with him for such a long time now. So anyhow. But it doesn't have, so it's a good example of how these things don't have to, you know, again. But drama, yep. right? Very small things that get blown out of proportion don't have to. They don't have to blow out of proportion, right? Again, we are not talking about legitimate grievances, right? We're not talking about actual significant, like the law is involved. Rue punched someone out because they they were poodling, right? Now that's no, no. longer drama. No, 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 that's no. getting into the realm of like legitimate grievances. We are we are just talking about drama today. Yeah. Um, but I th- go ahead. Good. Uh, I think uh, unless you have something, something you wanted to add to that, I think we can throw it to break. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, uh, all, all that I was going to just add is I think that it's great that um, when you can take like grievances or take take things that that disagreements that you have with another person and you're able to to find out. And I've, I've said this before, but you're able to see where they're coming from. There's a reason why people believe what they believe in. There's a reason why that they've taken the stance that they, they that they are taking. And if I was to, to say a lot of drama and a lot of conflicts can easily, easily be ended if you just try to understand where the other person is coming from. And, and again, I am not saying that that's going to solve everything. It's definitely not. Um, I mean, we're people. I mean, we're furries. We, we're going to... Um, have disagreements and there's going to be lines that people are going to draw that they will not, will not cross at all. But overall, I think that a majority of drama can be solved by just listening to each other. Except for the drama about AI generated cookies. That is a riff. Excuse me. No, you know, no, let's throw it to break, but we have some words through. We got to talk.
shit, we're back. Oh shit. Oh shit. How did that happen? I don't know. Did you push the button? I just started recording, you know, I just wanted to make sure to record how you were beating me up. Like, I'm sure I'm sure all of this will get cut. This this is no one's gonna hear this part anyways. We're fine. We're fine. Yep. Fine. Everything everything it's can fine. be done in post. It's okay. It's fine. Okay. So so hello uh, <clears throat> hello <laughs> hi uh welcome back everybody this is rue from for what it's worth and this is nuka from for oh wait we're in the middle of the episode we're... aren't we oh god this is going terrible man this is really <laughs> bad um okay so we we've been talking a lot about drama and how uh, was that is it and how <laughs> and how drama and how but yes um, and so we're just about, you know, wrapping up, but we have a few little, little strings that we wanted to talk about a little bit. So I'm going to throw it right back to you, Nuka. Well, um, yeah, I guess if, uh, I, I sort of touched on this already and sort of talked about it a bit already. Um, but I guess if I had a final thought, it's that drama doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a bad thing. Most furries, uh, I to keep things into perspective, keep things in perspective, right? So a lot of furries recognize that drama can be good it can be bad it can highlight an issue that maybe we as a fandom need to be talking about more um of course it can be destructive it can destroy local local groups um the good news if there can be said to be good news is that despite the fact that drama gets a lot of people talk a lot about drama and say oh drama is this huge part of the furry fandom we've actually got data showing that most furries have actually never been personally involved with drama it's the thing that everyone kind of talks about and and acts like it's sort of there. And yet when you actually talk to furries, most of them have been able to kind of keep it at arm's length. So I guess if I had a suggestion, it would be to don't don't blow things out of proportion, right? If there's a legitimate conflict, if there's a legitimate grievance, um, absolutely give it the seriousness that it deserves. But be judicious, be a critical thinker, right? When 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 something is sort of blowing up on social media, ask yourself, is this really something like is, is this the fight going on at the bike racks? Is it actually going to make the situation better for me to show up and start cheering and getting involved? Or is this one of those things? I where love maybe, that visual. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I should, I should stay out of it and not worsen it. Right. Maybe this isn't, you know, uh, I'll use the expression, keep your powder dry, right? You only have so much capacity for outrage, so much ability to get involved, right? We only have so much time in the day and energy to spend on political activism save that for the stuff that's really important rather than getting really indignant and outraged over something that in the scheme of things um you probably don't need to weigh in on or propagate so that would be my my advice to you you know we just gained three we just got gained three new listeners by you just saying keep your powder powder dried you know, there was some baby furs that were just like, oh, God, yeah, I, I can get, God. I can get by that message. <laughs> Gunpowder. Gun oh, oh, gunpowder. Oh, it's, gun it's gun an expression. <laughs> God damn it. Not baby powder. No. Rue, no, but. I, go ahead. <laughs> you're, you're, now you've ruined my final thought. No. And now the drama has started. Go ahead and no, do yours. No, but then you have to find out how you can ruin mine. I'm no, but I, I agree with you. I think that 100%, um, if you can do what you can to keep your powder dry, um, your gun Baby powder. or otherwise. <laughs> but honestly, I, I'm going to reflect what, what you're saying. It, really, you only have so much time in your day. 
you know, you have so many things that you have to be involved with and so many different things that you need to be doing. There's other things that you can be involved in. You don't have to, it, you, but at the same time, when you're reading certain things, when you're looking at certain posts, is it worth it? If it is, then go for it. I have, yeah, absolutely. let me yeah. tell you, like 100%, if you have feelings, if you have things that you want to share, go for it. But sometimes take a, take a minute to take a step back. Is your life maybe, really going to be better by getting involved in this? Yeah. And maybe ask, okay, where is this other person coming from? Even though that I don't agree with this person, you know, why did they come to this particular conclusion? You know, being a little bit more <sighs> tolerant, maybe that's a word, tolerant or willing to, to hear out somebody else. Um, you know, it can give us a better understanding. You know, I have friends, believe it or not, that are... You do have friends? That's yes, I, I, do. I don't believe it. I don't I believe do. it. I do. I have friends that are Republican. I have friends that are Democratic. I have friends that are religious. And I have friends that are not religious at all. And I'm able to stand between those particular worlds because I am willing to I don't agree upon, I don't agree with them on everything but I'm willing to hear them out and you know but to each their own you know you do what's best for you like I said I you disagree only have... with you on that Rue okay then don't Conflict. do what's best for you Nuka denounce tweet about this everywhere Hashtag denounce your Rue. your bronyism <laughs> denounce your bronyism no more bronies I'll do no, no such things, sir. No more friendship is magic for you. <laughs> no, no more AI for you. Oh, <clears throat> I liked those cookies. They were they were actually pretty good. They were very auto generated, though, so they had kind of <laughs> we, that. We should we should cut to the mailbag before we end up tearing this friendship apart. Ah, uh, fine. I guess we'll have to cut the drama. But um, yeah. I no. I have one more thing to share, Nuka. I'm sorry. Okay. Last thing is, again, going back to that visual image of passing that goop around. You know, are you going to be that next person that's passing that along and putting it on somebody else? And, you know, maybe there's just some things that are just not worth your time. And there's other and just let it fall instead of passing it along to somebody else. I Unless think you have a goo fetish. A goo fetish? Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> ruined your ruined uh, your pie. You totally did. You totally did. Fine, fine. Clearly you just want to get to the mailbag. So fine. You win. You're welcome. I accept your apology. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> speaking of apologies, I want to say that um we are sometimes we we sometimes make mistakes here for what it's worth it's been known to happen yeah once in a while it does happen and you know what there's a patron that has been a great supporter of us and that we forgot to mention them so i want to um, make sure to have a special shout out to antello or anthello 
I'm sorry if I butchered your name there. You know how Rue is with Califato and, you know, Wichita, Kansas and all those different things. But I just want to say thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. And also to all of our Patreon supporters, once again, we appreciate you 100%. If at any point in time that you have a situation where you know, your name hasn't been called or something like that. Just shoot us a message or an email and we'll make sure to correct the issue. So thank you. So and I think that's it for the mailbag, right? Yeah, got. I know. There's nothing in there. It's like been crickets lately. I don't know what's going on. But um, but yes, if you have any thoughts or feelings about our episodes, you know, please feel free to shoot us a message. In fact, the mailbag is probably one of our our favorites it gives us feedback lets us know you know how people feel whether or not that you disagree if you disagree with rue about poodling i want to hear an email about it <laughs> we're gonna yeah, hope, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a lot of un unwanted drama suddenly with the drama episode who would have guessed oh my goodness <laughs> we're gonna have so much drama hey there folks nuka here hitting you with a little bit of housekeeping or for what it's worth uh, first of all, remember that for what it's worth would not be possible without the support, feedback, and interaction of listeners like you and our wonderful fan community. You can check out all of our past episodes, plus learn more about the show, its host, and what's coming up next on the show on our website, forwhatitsworth.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at forwhatitsworth, no faces, uh, to get updates on upcoming episodes, to hear latest news about the show, or to get some opportunities to contribute to upcoming episodes. You can also join our Telegram channel where we regularly chat about uh, the upcoming show episodes and random topics and just an opportunity to chat with our friend, uh, chat with our fans. Uh, if you want to be on the Telegram channel, just contact Rue at WineRedFox on Telegram, all one word, uh, and you'll get added to the Telegram channel. Note that you have to be 18 years of age or older to join the Telegram group. If you want to send us an email uh, or contribute to the mailbag or just get in touch with us in any way, easiest way to do that is with our email, uh, cast at forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, or you can email any of the specific cast members by just putting their name. So for me, it would be nuka at forwhatitsworth.com or for Rue, it would be rue at forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, if you want to send us an audio file to be played instead of an email, or if you want to uh, contribute to the idents that play throughout the show, uh, you can upload a recording to us directly through SpeakPipe. That's speakpipe.com slash F-W-I-W. You can put a little recording on there and we can use your voice rather than trying to uh, read it in our own tired voice. Uh, finally, the best way you can help out the show directly is by sharing it with your friends. Our audience grows every episode through word of mouth. So... Uh, if you like this episode, or if you think you know someone who might be interested in this or any other episodes, uh, let them know where to find us. So, um, with that, that's that's pretty much it. So, this has been Rue. My powder's dry. Oh my! And gosh. this has been <laughs> for what it's for worth. what it's worth. Ah, Nuka. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> it's over. We're done, dear. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs>